Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you um, for these verses in Genesis as we look uh, back to the beginning uh, of all things. Show us once again who you are and how we are uh, to respond uh, to you. Be at work in us by the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So today we begin a new series, a new preaching series, working our way through the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Uh, And the Old Testament is sort of split into two halves. You've got Genesis chapter 1 to 11 as part 1, and you've got Genesis 12 to the end of Malachi as part 2 of the Old Testament. And we're looking at those first 11 chapters uh, in Genesis. And Genesis uh, is the book of beginnings. And there's lots of debate about uh, beginnings. Where did we come from? How did the earth come to be? Why are we here? Uh, And a hundred more questions around uh, that. Uh, Stephen Weinberg, a physicist, wrote, it is almost irresistible for humans to believe that we have some special relation to the universe, that human life is not just a more or less farcical outcome of a chain of accidents reaching back to the first three minutes, but that we were somehow built, built in from the beginning. John Paul Sartre, a philosopher, said, here we are, all of us, eating and drinking to preserve our precious existence, and there is nothing, nothing, absolutely no reason for existing. Two very uh, bleak views of who we are as people. We basically were worthless. We've, uh, we've just happened by accident, uh, and therefore, There is no value in who we are uh, as people. But I want us to see as we begin this uh, book of Genesis that that is not the case. That is not true. Uh, As we see uh, in this opening uh, chapter of Genesis, people throughout history have searched uh, for answers to those questions of who we are, why we are here, and where we have come from. Uh, And Genesis gives those answers. God has given us uh, the answers. We've not got a scientific account uh, in Genesis, but what we do get is the answer to who we are, why we are made, and what we are here for. I don't know if you picked it up in that reading uh, from Genesis 1. uh, God being mentioned 32 times. And God said, and God made, and God saw, and God blessed. Uh, which tells us something, that he is the central uh, focus as we think about creation. God is right there in the center as we think about the heavens and the earth and their creation. Uh, a preacher said, the best that science can do is give us the B to Y of creation. The Bible in Genesis and Revelation gives us the A and Z. 
It tells us where everything came from and where everything is heading. So let me say right at the beginning uh, of this series in Genesis that we won't answer all the questions that you have in your minds about Genesis and creation and evolution and whatever else comes up. But do come and ask me about those things. Do send me those questions and I'll, I will uh, sit down and we'll answer those questions. But what I want us to see uh, is what the writer of Genesis wants us to see. What is the major theme of Genesis? And that's what we're going to begin to explore this morning. What we'll see is that the Lord our God is the Lord of creation. So it begins, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over uh, the waters. I was a, uh, a children's youth worker in, in churches and I'd go into schools and we'd have uh, kids clubs running and things like that. Uh, and anytime we looked at creation, one of the guaranteed questions that you would get is, um, who created God? If God created all this, then who created God? Where did he come from? Well, the answer that we get in Genesis 1.1 is uh, no one created God. God was there. He has always been. Before anything was made, before anything was created, uh, God was. God was there. He has existed uh, outside of creation eternally. Before anything was made, God, he was there. Uh, and it's amazing to, to think about that. On Friday, I was at St. Christopher's uh, taking a year 11 assembly, and we were thinking about the oneness of God, thinking about the Trinity, Father, Son, uh, and Holy Spirit. Uh, and we came to the conclusion, uh, amongst other things, that God is unique. He's completely other uh, to us and his creation. And we see that right at the beginning uh, of the Bible. Before anything was made, God uh, was. He existed uh, outside of creation and before anything uh, was made. And we see the Trinity at work uh, in Genesis 1. It begins uh, with God, verse 2. We have the Spirit, uh, verse 27. Let us, let us make mankind in our image. Uh, we have that idea of uh, the Trinity there. Uh, in John 1, as he sort of echoes Genesis 1, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, the Word being Jesus. So right at the beginning of the book, we see uh, God, the one true God who exists eternally, who exists outside of creation, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's not, uh, as many myths write about, uh, these powerful gods battling it out between themselves and creation being formed. It is God in his oneness, outside of everything, outside of creation, existing eternally, deciding to create uh, and make. He is completely independent of all that he has made. And so that's how we begin Genesis and how the Bible begins uh, with God. Then we get into verse 3 uh, through to the end of the chapter 
uh, where we see the Lord our God uh, create. He makes all things. And again, as that was being read, uh, I wonder if you felt the beauty of that chapter, the way that it's written. And God said, and it was so, uh, and he saw that it was good. Evening and morning, the end uh, of day one, two, whatever the day was. It's beautifully written. Uh, but I want to say right at this point uh, that many people say that this is poetry. Uh, and I want to say that it's not poetry, Hebrew poetry in any way, shape or form. This is not poetry. This is a narrative that is given to us about the creation uh, of all things. The earth was formless and empty. And then we see the Lord going about uh, creating out of this lifeless earth something that is inhabitable and then inhabited. And you see the symmetry in, in the chapter. We've got day one, two, and three where this unproductive place becomes productive. We have day one, light and darkness. Day two, sky and water. Day three, land, sea, and vegetation. Uh, then we get day four, five, and six, where we see the uninhabited becomes inhabited. Sun, moon, and stars, birds and fish, uh, beasts and animals, uh, and then humans. So we have God creating the environment, and then we have God putting into that environment uh, the things for that environment. So we have God creating the environment and then putting in the inhabitant uh, for that uh, place. And every section ends with that repeated phrase, and there was morning and there was evening uh, the first day. There's no chaos here. There's not a big explosion where things um, randomly collect and something is formed. It's order and design. It's beauty and perfection. That comes across so clearly as we read at Genesis chapter 1. And although creation is not as it should be, we know that as we look across the world, it's not as it should be. Uh, and we'll see why as we go through the first part of Genesis. As we look at creation, it screams, there's a creator. It screams, there's a creator. Uh, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. Romans 1, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. The creation tells us that there's a creator. And can't we see that when we look at the intricacies of creation? 
And we look at ourselves and how our eyes work and how our bodies function. Uh, when we look at the creation around us, the galaxies, the number of stars in the skies. The creation speaks of a creator. It says to us, this didn't happen by chance. There's a God who cares, uh, who has always been, who created uh, in an orderly designed manner. He's the one who created all things. So we see that clearly in Genesis 1, the order of creation. Uh, and then notice the means of creation, how God went about creating all things. Uh, he spoke. He spoke and it was. So we see that all the way through. God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, uh, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. Uh, and it was so. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place. And it was so. And it continues and it continues each day. God spoke and it was so. When God spoke, what he said it came to be. So often as a parent, I... Uh, speak with my children as you would expect uh, things like go tidy your room get your homework done do your job so you'll not get your pocket money uh, and so often it falls on dead ears I might as well speak to myself nothing comes of it uh, so often but when God speaks what he says that comes to be. He never says something and it doesn't happen. When God speaks, it happens just as he has said. And so when God says, let there be light, there is light. God speaks and it comes to be. Psalm 33 verse 9, for he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Isn't that a great encouragement to us as God's people? That this book that we read every single week, every single day, we pick it up and read it. Uh, because God's word has power. His word is powerful. And what God says uh, will come to be. It, it has power to create. It has power to uh, recreate, to save. So in uh, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. If God creates by his word, then his word can recreate. And we all know that our hearts need to be recreated. And, and so when we look at Genesis and God speaks and it happens, we can trust that when he, uh, his word goes forth, that our hearts will be recreated as well. His word uh, is powerful. It has power to change. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. 
God's word is powerful and we can trust it. That's why we have such an emphasis on God's word here at Trinity. Because it's powerful. It's trustworthy. And it's true. And if that's not enough for us to uh, wrap our heads around, uh, then notice uh, what God creates from. He speaks and he creates, but he does it from nothing. He, he's not a builder who um, picks up bricks to build, or he doesn't pick up the stones from a wall that have fallen down to rebuild that wall. He creates out of nothing. He creates the material as he goes about creating all things. He creates out of nothing. And the Lord looks at his creation and he says, it is good. And he finishes off, it is very good. When God has finished creating at the end of day six, everything that he had made, it was perfect. It was as it should be. And God said, this is very good. Chapter 2 of Genesis. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. Because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. So in chapter 2, we get uh, the closing bracket of what we got in chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1, the, the, saw the creation of the heavens and the earth. And everything in them was completed. So we've got the, these brackets of the Lord creating uh, all things. The Lord uh, had finished his work. And on the seventh day... Um, he declares uh, it a day of rest. He stops creation. And you'll notice that days one to six, we have that repeated phrase, evening and morning, first day, second day. We don't get that on the seventh day. The seventh day was meant to be that day uh, of eternal rest. The Lord had finished his creation and that day uh, was consecrated uh, as a day of rest and that day was intended to last forever it was intended to last forever with God's people living in God's place enjoying God's blessing and rest God arrested from his labor of creating uh, and in doing that he signaled the purpose for his creation that is to be at rest with God enjoying God's presence and blessing. But we know that rest was lost. And we'll see that again as we go through these early chapters of Genesis. But that rest is restored. The rest that was lost uh, is restored in Jesus. The rest from the toil of life, the rest from the pain and suffering of this fallen world. Um, 
I took a funeral on Friday uh, for a lady who died who'd been suffering for uh, two years. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, she had a, a stroke, and then she'd been suffering all the way uh, through uh, the past two years. And so to be able to quote those verses to those people there that Jesus says, come to me all you who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. The rest that has been lost, the toil and pain that we all suffer now because of what we'll see in a few weeks when we get to the, the fall and the sin of man is restored in Jesus. That eternal rest that was uh, to be forever on the seventh day is restored again in the one who died and rose to life. And so this morning as we begin this new series in Genesis, hear again that the Lord our God, the one that we know and worship, is the Lord of creation. He created all things uh, by his powerful word, word uh, his word is trustworthy and true. Uh, and he is the one who, although that rest uh, that was intended uh, on day seven to last forever uh, has been lost, it's available again uh, to all those who believe and trust in Jesus because he's the one who died and rose again. And in him, we can enjoy that rest, that presence with God and his blessing uh, forever. So why not read this chapter again this afternoon or at some point during the week and uh, marvel again at our great God, at what he has created for us uh, and for what purpose. He is the one who existed before all things. He created all things out of nothing. He saw all that he had made uh, was good. Let's give him thanks and praise. Let's marvel at him, our great and awesome God, the Lord of all creation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these wonderful words in Genesis chapter 1. Thank you for showing us again who you are. Thank you for showing us that you are our great and awesome God, that your word is powerful. Help us to trust in you more. Help us to trust in your word more. And help us to enjoy that rest that comes in Jesus. Lord, we give you thanks and praise again this morning. In Jesus' name we pray.